start Thank this? Thank you for oh. eating it. Uh, so, Any time. So before we start this, just first what you have. Um, the, the first um, double-sided page is, is, the, is what we're actually going to be doing. Um, it's the, the source sheet that we're going to be doing. Um, just disregard all of the So the second double-sided page is basically um, I translated those. The, they're long. So if I did it side by side, it would just um, look very long. So um, on the first page is the translation, um, and then if you want it, um, the actual um, shooting, the actual responsa are are the last, are the the second two sided page. Um, before we start, though, I thought we could go over just a little bit of life insurance basics, um, just because um, it's going to matter as we go through. Um, just, just because it's going to matter what we're going as we're going through. It's going to matter what we're actually talking about um, because there's a bunch of different types. I get it. I get it. There's, there's a bunch of different types of life insurance. Um, there's, it's not just like one type of thing. Um, so, therefore, it kind of matters um, when we're going to be discussing is life insurance something we're supposed to buy. Um, it's going to matter what we're talking about. Um, I believe this is talked about in the Torah. First of all. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's only talked about um, later, when after insurance was created. Okay, um, in so like, it's not in the Torah? No, no, not directly. Um, so what we're going to say, they're going to say, though, is that maybe some problems with doing it are from ideas that were in the Torah, but not, it's obviously not directly. It was, like, created in the late 1800s. Um, so, or not late 1800s. It has to be at least mid-1800s because Prudential started <laughs> earlier. But, um, so it's in the general hey again, um, in the general modern era, um, so Postkin um, had to start dealing with this question of life insurance and whether or not this is something Jews can do, is it something Jews should do, um, were side questions of that. Um, so, just as really simple, um, I just copy the first line from Wikipedia on insurance. Um, and it does a pretty decent job of explaining the general idea of what insurance is, um, where it says insurance is a means of, of protection against f or from financial loss. It is a form of risk management primarily used to hedge against the risk of contingent uncertain loss. So that's general. But basically, what you're scared of is there might be some big uncertain loss in the future and you want to protect yourself against it. So the easiest one is auto insurance or car insurance, um, where you're afraid you're going to get into an accident and all of a sudden your $20,000 car is going to be totaled and you are going to be down 20 grand. And so you are scared of that. So what you do is you pay a little bit every month so that you, if that awful thing happens... Um, you get it back. Um, and that type of thing also exists in life insurance, um, which is called term, basically, term insurance, um, where you have it for like 10 or 20 or 30. Some companies even sell 80 years of term insurance, where you have, um, you pay like a certain amount every year or every month, and whenever you die or pass, whenever you pass away, um, you get a certain amount back. 
Um, and they find all these ways um, to determine how much you have to pay. It's basically what I do for a living, um, mm-hmm. is figuring out how much you have to pay for that. Actually, you do you sell life insurance? No, I, I do like the math, figuring out how much it should cost. Based and um, on the person's career. Or like... Um, family. Yeah. Health. All those type of things. Especially blood test results. Right. Well, so that's, I, don't, I don't directly do life insurance. I do long-term care insurance, which is for, um, like, nursing homes are very expensive. So if you need to go to a nursing home um, later in life, um, so they sell insurance for that also. Um, but it's a similar idea. It's just a little more complicated because um, it's relevant to death and also relevant to what are the chances you're going to go to a nursing home is, like, more complicated of a question than are you going to die. It's right, because dying is just dementia issues. How are you going to like this? Probably tricky to right. figure out those those. Stuff. And like, because like dying is like a yes no is like a binary. Um, when long term care insurance is not a binary, right? Like, it, you could go for a week, you could go for a year, you could go for ten years, you could have a, you can need something very complicated or very simple. So it's it's a little more complicated than that. Um, so that's one type of insurance where it's like just a means of uncertain loss of risk mitigating risk against uncertain loss. Um, the other type of insurance is that, but it's also more complicated because it's also like an investment. Um, one example of that is use a lot of times health insurance, where like on some level, health insurance is in case I get into a car accident and I need to go to the hospital and that's going to be tens of thousands of dollars and I can't afford that, so I'm going to pay a little bit every month so that that's okay. But you might also be paying a certain amount every month so that you can go to your regular visits. And you know you're going to use it up. You know you're even going to use up more than it's worth. So on some level, it's an investment, too. Um, it's, not just a, it's not just against uncertain loss, but it's also against... Um, it's also like an investment in itself. Um, some insurances are actually investments, um, like whole life insurance. Um, the concept is you pay a lot more per month than you would for term, um, but you like accrue a value inside the plan um, and eventually like it's worth, so the v- plan is worth money um, and you can take out that money. It's almost like a bank account that gets interest as you're going along um, and is also life insurance. So like if you pass away before the bank account's worth how much the life insurance is worth, you just get the life insurance and eventually it becomes more. Um, so those are essentially the two types. Um, there's ones that are pure, just like risk management. Um, and that's like term life insurance, car insurance. Those are really just like making sure if something awful happens, we're okay. Everything's okay. Um, and then there are some that are investments. Um, whole life is really an investment, but even health insurance, um, probably is also, um, we could think of other ones um, that are certainly lost, um, like terrorism insurance is becoming popular now, which is certainly not an investment. I hope not. Um, it's, terrorism. Our office is insured right. against terrorist attacks. So they get that makes sense. Or like, or like the and the shul has fire insurance. Um, obviously, you're not hoping that's going to happen, so that you get money enough money that it's worth it to pay for it. No, you're just like mitigating a if the worst happens. Um, so what we're really going to be talking about for the most part is the loss one, um, is the risk one. We're really going to be talking about the plain um, term insurance, the car insurance, the um, 
the one where you're just mitigating against risk. Um, you're not really making an investment. Um, what you're doing is, is for the most part, um, you're really just saying, like, if I die, I want to make sure my wife, my family, my siblings, my kids are taken care of. That's, like, the idea of it, um, and that's basically um, all there is to it. Um, because we'll see some of the um, some of the issues won't even apply to the um, to the to the ones that are also investments, um, but all of these will apply to to um, to the ones that are just risk assessment, risk risk valuation. Um, so there, are, I I saw not I didn't read learn all of them inside, but I saw written out fifteen different post game that wrote about this question: um, is should or can a Jew buy life insurance? And there's only three issues that they brought up. Almost all of them brought up the first two, or or one of the first two. Um, I only saw one that brought up the third one, but I thought it was interesting. Um, or two that brought up the third one, um, one on each side. Um, and so I thought we could go through. I just gave one example of the issue they talk about. Um, they don't always talk about it in these um, in these um, um, in this like source. Like some of them use other sources. I just thought these were good examples. Um, so the first ones, um, the first issue is in Talmud uh, Sota 48b. Um, can somebody read that? Either in English, Hebrew, whatever. I can read it. Okay. Um, Rabbi Yitzhak said, These are some of the people that are believers in God. As it is written, Rabbi Eliezer the Great said, Whoever has bread in his basket and says, What will I eat tomorrow? Have little faith. So Rabbi Eliezer says, if, if somebody has food and they're okay, and then they ask, what am I going to eat tomorrow? So that's somebody that, has, that doesn't have enough faith in God. So what do you guys think about that? What do you that's think about me. that? What do you mean? <laughs> Explain. It means like, well, I don't know, you never know. Right, and you're and people are scared, and yeah, you want to be. I'm like a person who saves her money. Right, because you want to be secure for the future. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't have the steadiest job. I like don't know what's gonna happen. I save enough just in case, like I'm out of work for six months. Right, and that's what you're supposed to do. That you're gives supposed me to security a little bit. Right. Like any financial planner would tell you to do that. I don't know how anybody you know? can have five dollars in their bank account. Right. Also, it seems that it's somebody who has bread in his basket already. Yeah, but how much bread? Uh, oh, so Hannah might be saying, like, he, this person has enough food for tomorrow. Yeah, but does he have enough for the next day? Right, but, but this person's asking for tomorrow when he has it already. Right, okay. Like, That's if you're okay. nervous, you're going to lose what you have. Maybe not even... Um... Or maybe you're looking beyond just tomorrow. Right. All right, I, I have food for tomorrow, but then what about the next day? Right, but Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer might not say that's a problem. He might say that's okay. That's not having lack of faith. He might only be saying what Hannah's saying. Um, that he's only saying if you have enough food and you're still oh, worried about it. Right, so you could read it differently. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Egan, do you want? I, I read it as you do. Uh, which way? Yeah, as, as you do. As Hannah was? Yeah. Uh, that, um,. That it's if you have food. Yeah, that if you, yeah, if you already have something, that it's a, it's a lack of 
it's a lack of faith to to assume that it won't yeah. be there or to just yeah to wonder when you'll have so, it again so ha- does this is this a problem is this type of thinking a problem in buying life insurance mm. or how is this relate to life insurance or does it relate I think of life insurance are looking a little bit more long term, a little bit more not, and just more of the catastrophe happens. I think it also depends on how high risk, like if you're a Jewish journal in the middle of Times Square, terrorism insurance <laughs> sounds like a, a good investment, but if you're like a farmer in the middle of Wisconsin... <laughs> I don't know that you necessarily need to be investing in that. Right. There's some direct correlation, though. I mean, you could just uh, take stuff from, you know, Rabbi Lezer Hagadol says, um, whoever has good health uh, and, you know, and says, you know, how do I plan for the contingency of dying tomorrow has little faith. You could, those, those two things, you know, they substitute in very readily. Right, and that, so that, that's kind of where I was going, where that's the question, um, at least, that all the different rabbis ask. Um, this is the most common one, that, that the, the possible I, I problem is from today. Why are you, you're, you're why worried, you worried about tomorrow? You're, 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 you don't, I mean, possibly, that not having faith that, right now you're taking care of your family, so not having faith that you will be able to continue taking care of your family might be a lack of faith in God if you're following this mm-hmm. rubric. I, I, don't, I don't think it applies because, because if you look at life, it could, it could be like... Because <clears throat> I think this is about more about yourself because it's saying, what, about, what will I have to eat tomorrow? But I think also when you're looking at life insurance and looking at this provider and you're thinking, and you're thinking if something catastrophic happens, not that if you're healthy, because you could be healthy, but you could get... Hit by a hit by a bus, right. that that and, and I don't think it's like they're just saying okay if something like that happens, what do I what system do I have in place to make sure that my family is going to have some right? But care. I could say the same thing with my bread. I have a basket of bread and I have enough for tomorrow. I'll say, but what happens if um, a couple of crows get in it and eat it up? What will I eat tomorrow? Yeah. Like I could imagine, like you could follow this through because as, as you can say, right. Um, Why well, read this more is that they're looking at that that you're able to 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 get bread today. You'll be able, you'll be able to get it t- tomorrow. Because I think this is more on you. Uh, you as a person are able to find your means, but if you're taken out of the picture, I think it's a it's a very different equation. Oh, interesting. Um, so because you're still existent, yeah. So you sh- you you'll be able to work to get more mu- food. You should yeah. assume that. But if you're non-existent anymore. Um, then it's understandable you won't be able to anymore. It's an interesting thought. I, I also I always cheat and read ahead. So okay. What? <laughs> no, so we'll get to we'll get to it. No cheating. has a very good response. Right. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Um, so because again, this is the one. All um, two of the three post game that I have here, um, bring it up. Um, actually. Um, Yichavadat, um, Rav Vajra Yosef quotes this. That's how I got it. Um, and, um, and so he brings this up as the problem, as the possible problem. Um, again, um, he's going to answer that. So, so that's the first question. That's the first question. Is buying life insurance a lack of faith in God? 
is... Who here has like, life insurance? I get through my work, so it's like different. So you're t- you two are covered. <laughs> Only I am. I you. Think. Do you have life insurance? No. You? No. You? Yeah. I need to get life insurance. <laughs> so we can talk about that afterwards. No, I, I need to. I do not we're all, we're all you pretty young. To, I guess that's the question. We can, that we can talk about afterwards because I'm equipped to answer that question also. But like separate <laughs> from this year of... Separate what about who has medical care here? So that's something we should have, if you can. I mean, but <laughs> now it should be easier. That's, that's also... But you can, like, you can argue that any questions of insurance don't apply to medical, quote, insurance because it's not really... Today, it's not really... Other than... It does... It, Incorporate a small element of insurance. Most of it is essentially paying for care. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like an investment almost at this point. Yeah, and apply to um, kind of like the topics that we're like. Right. Right. So they don't yeah. make that distinction because I think it used to function differently. Like the postgame are answering this in 1960s. Yeah, they used so to be like it's, in, health insurance back then was pretty much just. Yeah. It was pretty much just if you went to the hospital. Right. Um, like now, people like go regular checkups were much more health conscious. Um, so there's a lot more worry and there's a lot more use of healthcare um, and it's much more expensive. So therefore, it like makes more sense as an investment now, as you were saying. Um, then I don't think they might have had that distinction. Then it might have just really just been like, uh, you know, in case I have to go to the hospital, in case something awful happens, I need to make sure because other I can't afford, a, you know, a two-week stay in the hospital or something like that. Um, uh, yeah. So, so, that, so that's the first question. That's the first question. Like, is it a lack of faith in God to, to say, right now I can afford to pro- provide for my family. I expect to be able to provide for my family. Um, but I understand I might not be able to if something bad were to happen to me. So is that a lack of faith in saying that, oh, if I can't do it, um, my family won't be taken care of? As if, like, as if... I'm not expecting um, God to help me. Um, so that's kind of the first question. Um, we're going to see Ramosha ask that question um, in that way, um, not using the source, but Ravavadya does use that source um, specifically. Okay. Source two. Source two. The second question is, is a completely different type of thing. Um, it's going to sound or might sound weird to you um, because it's not the type of thing um, that I... I would generally think, at least I think about um, on a regular basis. Um, like the first question um, I like connected to um, in a way that I didn't with the second one. Um, would somebody like to read source two? Those who are participating in a eulogy while the dead is resting before them, they stand and say the tefillah, and he justifies the divine decree, saying, Lord of the universe, I have often sinned before thee, and thou hast not ex- exacted punishment for me for one in a thousand. May it be thy will, O Lord our God, to repair our breaches and the breaches of all thy people, the house of Israel in mercy. Abiah said, A man ought not to speak thus, for Rabbi Simeon Lachish said, and it has been similarly taught in the name of Rabbi... You'll see. <laughs> I thought that I thought that when I wrote when it, when I copied it over. A man should not open his mouth to Satan. Okay. So so you so you so you're giving you're giving a. Um, <laughs> I thought that as I copied it. It was funny. Um, so so you're giving a eulogy, 
and you want to say um, you want to say something um, just in terms of like understanding that this is um, like now we say Baruch Dayana Amet, um, blessed is um, the right or the true judge um, where we um, justify the divine decree um, and the Gemara the Talmud talks about um, one sentence we're supposed to say or possibly and it's essentially I've sinned a lot and I ask you that I should not this should not happen to me soon um, that I should we should repair any like because I sinned um, there are breaches between us I hope that's prepared I, I hope that's repaired I hope we can repair that um, so that um, essentially this doesn't happen. And Abaye says, um, and this is where it ends, kind of the, the conversation um, about this specifically, um, that you're not supposed to say that because this, there's this idea, Adam that a man should not open his mouth or a person should not open his mouth um, to Satan. And it's kind of this idea of jinxing it a little bit, um, that if you say... You're acknowledging that Satan exists. No, it's like, um, it's like saying, like, when you, when you talk about if, like, if I don't repair my sins, then I'm going to die, um, then you're, like, saying then maybe you should. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're kind of, like, admitting to the fact, and then the angels that are fighting over your life and one is saying satan saying no he's he's this person's not worthy and somebody else is saying they are um you're kind of saying to the satan right. you know you're right, right. um yeah um in Jewish theology there there definitely there are there are Angels, there are divine beings, there are seraphim, etc. Um, but there is no devil in the Christian sense. And if you look in, um, for instance, the, the book of Job, very famous, it's not, it's not Satan, it's Hasatan, like the adversary. So this is one of the. So it's not necessarily an they evil. Use the word Satan. Well, s- s- yeah, Satan but... literally is Hebrew for adversary or like the, the opponent. And so, so this it's not it's not an evil, malevolent, anti-God like the Christian Satan, which is a devil. It's it's saying that this is the being that is you know, your your life because everyone does both good and evil. Your life is sort of being judged by God in sort of divine courtroom. You have both you know prosecution and a defense, and something exactly. the adversary is the prosecution. And so it's like saying that you know. You know, you don't want to like, sort of just say, like, oh, yeah, I am a bad person. This is, like, I might deserve this. And say, no, you want to live positively and say, I'm going to live my life in such a way that I don't deserve this, and I'm not even going to think about, you know, this possibility. So. And so, in, in, in Jewish thought generally, so Satan is not, like, as you were saying, it's not like evil pitchfork. It's, it's more like a... It's it's much more like a prosecuting attorney. Are the, the ones on your shoulders? I mean, yeah, like Satan and the angel or whatever. What are they called in Hebrew? Something Hatov and Hara. Oh, Yeser Tov and Yeser Hara. Yeah. So so that's kind of like a separate thing when. Separate um, sounds the same. 
Right. It could be. You could imagine them similar um, and related, but and but we it's think it's right. right. Sorry, it's not yeah. like yeah. It's not like a separate being from you. Mm-hmm. It's like part of you. Um, but the way it's depicted in like commercials, right. they depict it as something separate from you that are on your shoulders. Um, when we really consider it as part of us. So the question is, when you're buying a life insurance policy and you're saying, if I die within the next 20 years, I want to make sure my family's taken care of, are you being, are you opening your mouth to the satan? Are you saying, um, are you giving that prosecuting attorney um, leverage in saying, you know what? Maybe this guy's preparing for it. He's talking about dying in the next 10, 20, 30 years, whatever you're buying. Um, maybe he actually deserves that. And somebody that doesn't, wouldn't have passed away then, maybe would. Um, it's very superstitious, it seems. What do you mean? I mean, I don't know. The whole idea of sort of, you know, preventing against something. It's sort of like not buying clothes before a baby's born. You know, that, you know, just preparing for the worst. Sort of a Jewish superstitious behavior pattern. But this is like a little, (laughs) this is like actually, like... With the metaphysics, it's actually direct. It's not just superstitious. It's actually saying, like, you're actually affecting something when you're talking. It's, like, more than superstition. It's a little more. You know what I mean? Like, superstition is, like, when the things don't connect. Like, buying baby clothes really has nothing to do with the, you know? You know what I'm talking about? Like, here we're talking maybe at a a direct link between what you're talking about and what happens. Um multiple approaches in Jewish theology to, I mean they're, I mean, they're what you would call superstition is has a very long you know, history in our Masorah and there's there's also in, always the, the rationalist mystical debate in how, we, how you view you know the relationship between human and God and Judaism and, and, and this definitely sides more on the mystical side of that debate but that you know, both both approaches are definitely part of our tradition. Certainly. And it's saying, like, and even if you don't believe that there is necessarily a direct causal link, that spiritually there can be a spiritual link that, you know, saying, like, preparing for death in some way suggests that you believe you deserve this death and that you're going to then act more in a way that does deserve such a death. So that's actually, like, a whole question. They're in the middle of doing a study... Um, I think Ernst and Young is doing a study now asking that question is do people become more reckless after they get insurance um, which is like an interesting thought in general because um, they actually noticed that with um, certain car well, safety I know things. that a lot of people avoid getting insurance because they don't want to think about death right and so that might be what Egan's talking about. Where right. Like you kind but of like also, bring it when in. you're dying, don't, I mean, I know when our mom was sick, they like, she, our, our, my niece used to call, so our mom would be, she'd be like, hiya, <laughs> to our niece. And so 
my niece would call her Haya. So we just, she like would call herself Haya. Right. In effect, changing her name. Right. And our rabbi would say, well, you know, a lot of people change their name when they're close to death to extend their life. Right. So I was actually reading that, um, a, a, a different article about, about names, um, where it's part, that's actually part of the discussion of whether or not you should give people two names. Um, because generally, the time traditionally when we gave for somebody a second name is in that exact scenario. Yeah. Um, I forget you're who like talks about that. You're trying to school, you're trying to just like confuse God. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Or like give, the, give them some more... Um, like more time. More time and more um, like, uh, like more scoot, uh, more... Uh, Worthiness? More, more worthiness from like giving them more benefit by also being having this name oh, depending so on what it means you're choosing a you're purposely choosing like a holy name that's usually what happens and they talk about specifically giving like godly right. names like Arye and yeah. names like that um, I, I, yeah. I think in this because if you look at the actual thing kind of the adage that they're saying I have not often sinned before thee, and I have basically I've sinned, and I've been punished, and nothing's happened to him, right. and and it's saying don't bring out the something. It's it's more just saying, don't, you know. It's almost like saying it's like the opposite of like with your courtroom thing. It's like the opposite of pleading the fifth. It's like you're you're giving the it's like you're on you're the defense, and you're giving your prosecutor things. That what you're really doing is you're giving the something kind of didn't see this, and it's like oh yeah, oh yeah, right, right. oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think you're admitting more, to your wrongdoing. Yeah, you're admitting to your wrongdoing. So I, I don't I don't even think of this in as superstition. I've been sinning. So I don't even look at this as like even superstition, just more just in in the spiritual realm that you're just kind of giving them giving more ammunition for divine but punishment. But maybe it's more like I know you know I've been sinning and like thank you so much <laughs> for not Striking me down. Yeah, but I'm saying right, right. Saying, let's, let's continue this relationship of ours. Right. But I'm saying, right, but I'm saying, what, I'm saying what Abaya is saying is saying that this is uh, because because they might say, you know what, we gave you enough. Yeah, maybe been too easy. Yeah. And that, but I think maybe this, I don't know. That's and, like the argument that's happening. Yeah. And I'm gonna say this also doesn't apply to life insurance because Why? this is about a person who's saying, yeah, I'm doing the right thing, and I think that your whole I think intention by with life insurance is to do the right thing is to provide for your family. Or maybe it's acknowledging that I have been a little bit um... Very sure. You got it. What's the word? Uh... I don't know what the word is. I've been a little bit um, immoral or something and now I value my life more. Now there's like this reckoning and so I will be more conscientious. Right. But maybe you should think that, but maybe you shouldn't say it out loud because uh, maybe that, that's maybe, like the maybe thought. Maybe that's what Hashem wants to hear. That maybe. like you're grateful. Right, and that could be the and argument. He's the one giving yeah. you the life. He's right. the one giving you the insurance. So, the third one. Or she. Right. Sure. Hashtag just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, the third one's a little more complicated. It only comes up twice. Um, so I, I want to move through it because because yeah, yeah. but um. But it's it's kind of complicated. Um, I, I, we'll read through the source and see if you can figure out what what what. A, Rabbi Arya Levine um, cites this as the problem with life insurance. Um, so, um, but it's complicated. Um, so it's a pasuk in Yechezkel. Um, the soul that sins, it shall die. Right. So if somebody that does something wrong, they're going to be punished. 
The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father with him, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son with him. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. So this idea of divine justice, um, where only people that deserve to be punished get punished, people that don't deserve to get punished don't get punished. Have any idea how that applies to life insurance? Maybe. Because it's complicated. Well, it's, it's a couple it's, steps. No, but maybe it's like if you surround if you're surrounded by like healthy people, chances are you'll live a healthy lifestyle too. So you chances are you'll be low risk. If oh, interesting. So it's saying like so this this that, that's an interesting idea. Just like separate from what I'm talking about, but like this idea of like therefore be with people that aren't sinning because you're then might go down that road. So this is brought up in like a wholly different way, a completely different way, um, which is kind of... So if people only get punished for things that, that they did wrong, so sometimes when you punish one person, it affects another person, mm-hmm. right? So if you punish a father who's, or a mother, that's, that's the breadwinner of the family... So then if they get punished and they they pass away, um, then the kids, financially at least, I mean certainly emotionally, but financially also, they suffer. And what we read here is that only the righteous, only the wicked get punished for their sins. So therefore, if a, it's, it can't be that somebody gets punished if the people that are also affect don't, don't, like, it's not coming for them, too. Like, it has to be coming for everyone that it affects. And therefore, if you buy life insurance, so what you're doing is saying, if I pass away, my kids will be okay. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you passing away doesn't affect your kids financially. Mm-hmm. And so, maybe, at least, um, you're taking away a protection for yourself. That... While you're making money, you're protected because your kids need you financially. And if you buy life insurance, they no longer need you financially. In fact, they might be better off if you pass away financially, at least. <laughs> um, and, so, and so, therefore, you take away that protection for yourself, and you might not be as safe as you were before. So, <laughs> what do you guys, I, Don't it's, you it's complicated. Don't you the insurance until you're dead? Right, but your family will. Right. So meaning if basically... Oh, well, so you won't be better off because you're dead. But your kids will be better off. Right. Your kids will be okay. Um, if you don't have the life insurance, then your kids won't be okay. Right. And, and why therefore, should they suffer because... And therefore you won't die because they, why should they suffer for you? But if you have life insurance... Oh, then, so you're saying if you buy life insurance and you're a bad person, you will die? So no, I'm not saying that, but but me, but like the the thought is like as maybe. long as your kids are good people, it doesn't work if you're if you're right. bad, your wife is that's, bad. Your the kids. thought is maybe like that's that's the that's the logic that that two okay. posts came talk about. And yeah, this use of and no one like, would buy health insurance. Like the, but this use of the first yeah. though also goes well, back right. to that you know sort of epistemological split between you know, the rational and the, the mystical. In, in a more like a more rationalist approach, this verse would think of it purely in terms of purely in spiritual terms and purely in terms of you know you know, you know the righteous being rewarded, the wicked, uh, the 
you know, the, the rush of giving the results of his ratios, and that that's just, that's just, this is purely, you know, in, in spiritual terms, and then, yeah, if you're thinking in more mystical sense, you might say, yeah, that, that you don't want to, you, you don't want to bring this down upon yourself due to your children, which is, is a much, yeah, it's, it's just, it's two different ways of interpreting and using. It's almost like by, by, um, by protecting your family financially, you take away protection from yourself. It's like a, yeah, a, a, it's mystical, a mystical protection for yourself. Um, Antisigoa. Right. Yeah, basically. Did you listen to This American Life? I, I did. I did you hear the episode where the, the kid, it was a few years ago, he's Jewish, he goes to yeshiva, and he like his dad is a drunk, and like beats him, and his... And, and, so he will like go and flash on and off the lights on Shabbat and he'll like masturbate and he'll like do all and swear to like make all the sins go to his dad because he's under bar mitzvah age. Oh, wow. Well. Such a good episode. <laughs> that's crazy. All right. Such a Anyways. good episode. Okay. Anyways, that's a good so, <laughs> I, 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 so I'd like to go through at least the Igris Moshe. Um, we have two of them here. Um, the one, the second one, I only took out a snippet. Um, so, so, um, oh, but then the dad dies. Did he have left <laughs> Okay. So, Igris Moshe in Archaim 2.111. Um, so he asks our first question on the topic of insurance is there a lack of faith, chas shalom, in Hashem or not? And the reason I use Hashem throughout this is because he uses the acronym Hashem Yibarach, um, the, um, the name the Blessed One the whole way through. Um, so that was the best translation without writing that out every time. Um, so basically his question is, our first question, is there a lack of faith in buying life insurance? Because what you're saying is, I don't, I don't believe that my family will be taken care of if I'm not around. Um, so can somebody read? I'll read. Okay. On the top, the, the last, the big one? Yeah. On the topic, um, if it is a good thing or a possible prohibition to buy, insur to buy an insurance policy, um, that it might be a lack of faith in Hashem, that he could make you wealthy to leave money to your inheritors. Here, in my opinion, there is no lack of faith in Hashem, because it is like any other type of trade. It is not only appropriate... Oh, wait, wait, so let's stop there first. Basically, his first argument is that, like... Even this is kind of like an investment. Like on some level, you're, I mean, you're obviously not hoping you're going to die, but on some level, you're like, you're, you're paying money and you might get money back in the future. That's how all investments work. When you buy a stock, you're saying you're hoping it might go up, in which case you make money back. And like on my tests, when I, my last test was like calculating life insurance, they actually talked about like, winning the policy like who wins and the person that went like you win if you die early because you win this bet because what you're saying is you're paying less than what it's worth um obviously you don't you're not actually winning because you're dead but um that's how they but, refer to people who die young as winners right because you win the insurance policy um <laughs> but like in a sense that's kind of what like it is some type of bet it's it's a it's a trade it's a business transaction so on some level it's it's that's you all it win, is. but the person wins if they outlive 
the insurance. Their, their monthly payments to equal the value of their insurance. Meaning like the insurance company wins if they live long. Because the insurance company, I pay a, you pay so a lot and you only get it back afterwards. Really, you're both winners then. Right. Because you have a long well, life. Because you're, li you're living. <laughs> so you're not getting anything back. Well, I mean, that's why I'm saying. It's kind of like a business. It's kind of like a, a bet. It's a, it's, a, it's a bet against yourself, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. And, and as far as I, I was going to mention, I think, in the it's like if you had... It's not saying, like, you know, where will my bread come from tomorrow? It's like going to a baker and giving them, like, half a loaf of bread now in exchange for, say, three loaves of bread tomorrow if your bread magically disappears. That's a really good example. And yeah. so therefore, it's, it's not, as Sears as Misha says, it's, it's, about, it's, it's a trade like anything else. It's not necessarily that you have no faith. It's like you did something to get your bread. You should always do something to get your bread. This is Pirkeabos, um chapter 2 verse 2 we went over the right. other day. You should, that it's always a good thing to like, you know, actually work for a living as some people today disagree, but that historically has been <laughs> a normative Jewish understanding. Yeah. And so therefore, like, this is just another way of making bread. And like, yeah, you might be taking like actually on average a small loss in order to pay for this to reduce the risk and have a steady stream of bread, but this is just another thing you're doing to ensure that steady stream of bread. You're not, like, just... It's not but a matter of... But can't you, like, arrange for someone to steal your half a loaf of bread and be like, oops, I lost it. Well, there is I insurance mean, fraud. That, that's what have, insurance fraud is. Yeah. And people people now. do that, and actually, with long-term care, they got... They got... There was, like, a lot of... They found, like, a lot of insurance fraud. Where people were saying they were in a nursing home right. and really they were just staying by their by their kids. Right. Um, uh, it happens. So yeah, but but his point is like it's it's just like a regular it's like a regular trade. It's a futures. It's a stock futures trade where you're where you're sell where you're giving some money now for possible money later on. That's it. Sounds like the best time to do that though is like late in the game. So it becomes more. I mean, the way we calculate it is that it becomes more expensive as you go on. Obviously, but that would be true. But if you're paying every month, then. But like they, they like won't insure a ninety-year-old because they know that somebody, you know. Like you're gonna die tomorrow. No, no but well, they tomorrow, might. Tomorrow, but soon. And <laughs> they're not gonna make their money back, and they know it. So in order to make it worth it, they need you to pay uh, ten grand a month. Which who's gonna right. do that? Yeah. You know? So that that was like half my test is figuring out how much somebody would have to pay, how right. much money, whatever. Yeah. Anyways. So what you yeah. need to do is find the middle. So path. there, there is. We can we, we can talk about that after this year. And pay exactly. <laughs> there, there's there's a way to do that. Okay. Basically. Um, Free consultations after this year. Yeah. Um, so can you continue, Hannah? Yes. And Ramosh is going to say what Egan basically just said. Where did I stop? Yeah, um, the third sentence. Here, here, in my opinion. Oh. oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. It is not only appropriate. The fourth mm -hmm. sentence. Fourth okay, it is not only appropriate, but one is obligated to work and trade for his livelihood, and it is um, prohibited for him to say, I will not do anything, and Hashem will bring me livelihood in any case. So basically, hmm. you're not, like, according to Ramosha, and he brings some proof for this, you are literally not allowed to say, like, everything's going to be fine, 
I'm just like not going to work. Hashem will provide. And Hashem will provide. Um, and I know you're going to go straight to the cola example, but cola example actually might not be so great because they kind of do get paid a little bit oh, for wow. it. Um, it's oh, basically yeah. where people um, <coughs> people learn for well, a living. Most, most uh, right. kolals don't um, hold by your Moshe. Right, right, and, true, obviously. But, well, they're still working out a system. They're deciding to, to but utilize... But you're also saying that they kolals. are... They, um, I was about to use uh, the word that starts with ska and ends with am... Um, but they are scam. Yeah, scam. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so, so they're not scamming, but they they they, they are, but they are doing they are taking from the government and they're doing work to take from the government. So you could kind of sort of right. say that that's like a a trade. And and you and they also make the argument <laughs> that um, their terrorist study enriches everyone around them, makes everything better, therefore they are contributing, and therefore the government paying them is All right. valid. But that's like a separate question. From yeah, I think you're right. just saying, don't just, don't just, just take your hands and say, God will provide, because just because there's, because really what you're doing is just saying, you're at, it is a trade best thing, okay, there's a, there's government programs that if I, X, Y, and Z, if I have income um, under and learning full that's time. That's not God, it's. Right, but you're still you're still utilizing this, and it's just whether or not utilizing a right. work system or here. Tax but it, he'll go into going. it. Yeah. Not only um, is it prohibited to be reliant on a miracle if you are not particularly worthy of such a miracle. I guess I'm worthy. So it's not huh. right. But also, <laughs> it is prohibited to even pray for a miracle, as it states. Oh wait, wait, just before that. So just. Ramosha is basically saying, not first, if there's this idea of ain somkinalanes, you're not allowed to be reliant on a miracle. You can't just say, like, I'm not going to do it and it's going to happen. You, you have to, like, you have to try, you have to try and do it yourself, and then maybe a miracle will happen, but you can't be relying on it. And he goes even further, you're not even allowed to pray for a miracle. That you're not even supposed to say, um, like, you're not even supposed to sit there and say, oh, please, please, God, give me a livelihood. Have right. it just like drop out of the sky. You have but to like you work. You can for it. pray for like strength and right, but you're not right. praying for a miracle. You're praying no, for right. your own. And right. he gives one example, um, and it gets complicated, which is why I have the three dots after it. Okay. Um, but but also prepared to even pray for miracles. It states in Brachot sixty a that praying for a boy after your wife's already pregnant is an empty prayer. So basically, <laughs> there's this idea of you're not allowed to pray. For the baby to change its its sex inside the womb because it's already been decided. So what you're doing then is you're praying for a miracle. Right. You're praying for if right. if if you want a boy, then you're praying for that the miracle happens and the girl becomes or the female becomes a male and or vice versa. And you're literally praying for a miracle. You're not praying for something that might happen. You're, you're literally praying for something that's not possible. Um, and he says that's like not allowed. So similarly, you can't just pray for, for like your livelihood to just fall out of the sky. Um, you not only can't you rely on it, but you're not even allowed to ask for it. You're not even allowed to say, assume that. So that is it a sin? So, um, when it he, says it's a prohibition, does yeah. that make it a sin? Yeah, that's what Ramosha is saying here. Therefore, it is certainly prohibited to rely on Hashem for your livelihood without any work or trade, even if you must know that all comes from, from your work and trade is from, from Hashem, as was determined on Rosh Hashem. So, there is this idea, though, that even though we say 
that you have to work, and you can't just be relying on God, there's still supposed to be this understanding that the, what comes from your work and from your effort is still somehow connected to what God is providing. That like there's some combination of efforts going on, and that it's not just you working, but it's also God helping that happen. Um, where it's not, it's not either one or the other, but it's, it's both where God is helping you do that. God is putting you in the position to do it, however you want to specifically think about it. Um, um, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. However. Um, however, in any event, it was determined that only from the work will Hashem give you your livelihood, as it says in Genesis. Um, through this will you eat bread. And as it says in the end of Talmud Kedushin, my actions were bad and my depri- and, and was deprived of my livelihood. So Moshe just gives two examples, um, one from Breshit um, and one from Kedushin. Um, just two examples, and he gives more also in the middle, but, you know, time. And here with regards to insurance, it is like all other matters of trade for the livelihood of himself and his family so they can collect as part of his work. And even more so, it will enable his work to be easier, for he will not need to work when he is in his later years to save for for his inheritance. For what if he not for what if he is not worthy of a miracle? And as we have said, it is prohibited to pray for one, as it says in Tractate Shabbat forty three. So, so again, he's saying not only he's kind of getting to not only is it not a problem because it's just a trade, it might actually be a good thing because it makes the work that you need to do easier. Because on some level, what he's talking about is something that exists for your, whole, for your entire life, which used to exist more. Um, now it doesn't really exist at all, although there is 80-year term insurance, which is basically your whole life, if not um, all of it. Um, but like my father still has from when he started working, he has a life insurance policy that goes until he dies, no matter what, um, no matter when that is, no matter how long it is. Is he still paying for it? So, yeah. But, um, so he's paying the premiums, but it goes forever, and he still gets to... The premium hasn't changed, is what you're saying. Yeah, um, which is so something that doesn't, that, that doesn't exist anymore. Um, <laughs> but I think that's what Ramosh is talking Wait, about. are you saying that generally the premium would increase as your age gets older? So generally, they won't let you do that for, like, keep you at the same thing forever. What they'll do is they give you a time period that you can do it for, like the next... Sure. 20 term, yeah, so 20 years or 30 years. So when and then, you sign, isn't the whole point of signing early so you can have a lower rate? For the next, and you get it for the next 30 years. Oh, but then once 30 years expires, your your premium goes up. But the idea is, is that 30 years from now... You might be dead. Or or really, your risk isn't as much because you've, you've, you've either saved up or your kids are already out of... The house and so your health you're, declines. Right, but you don't need as much if, money. If, if something happens, there's no you have no dependence. Right, there's not as big of it's not as big of a financial deal right. um, if you pass away um, anymore. So that's kind of the idea of term insurance. It's basically making a bet, like if like we're seeing in the next ten years, I have a one in a hundred chance of dying. Like so, mine would be trouble. quite high. Well, Yours would be quite high because you're just starting a family. I, 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 what do you sorry, mean because I'm of? 
Essentially, we're essentially making a bet to even out, to like even out to the odds financially. Like I'm basically paying Sam, a, like basically. So if I'm making a bet with Sam, essentially that like I he's the house, and, and there's a one in a hundred. I'm young, thirty-one. There's a one in a hundred chance. It's probably wrong. You can tell me the real number is. There's a one in a hundred chance I die in the next ten years. If I want say a, a million dollars, in when I die. Well, if he does this bet for a hundred people, he has to pay out a million dollars once because only one of us will die. So you take that million, you divide it by a hundred, that's 10,000. So, so if I pay him more than 10,000 over, um, over 10 years, like a thousand a year, he's won the bet on average. If I pay less, I've won the bet on average. But in any given circumstance, you know, I'll either win or lose the bet. But for me, it's it's useful to have that bet in place, even if I pay slightly more than the thousand, so that if I do die in that one in a hundred times, my family's protected. Whereas for Sam, since his company gets to do so many of them, it just all averages out. Right, that's why this works. Because, um, I mean, that's essentially why this works, is because for any singular person, um, I have no idea when any singular person's going to die, but if I have a hundred thousand people, I can tell you how many of them are going to die in the next 10 years. You just years. don't know which ones. I just have no idea which ones, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. Um, so, because there's so many. So it's just, I mean, that's how... Probabilities average out. Right. That's how this essentially works, and that's why um, insurance companies are big, because if they weren't big, they couldn't exist. Um, they can only exist if you have lots of people, um, because you can only make predictions about the future with lots of people, um, and you can't make them with not lots of people. And even then, we get them wrong all the time. So, Should I keep reading? It is what it is. Yeah. And therefore, since Hashem gave the last generation the insight to work with insurance so that you can plan for your elder years and your inheritance in a natural way, this is a good thing um, for all kosher people who have fear of heaven and trust in Hashem. For someone who buys insurance also is following the advice of Hashem and you continue to trust in Him that you can pay the premiums every year. The same is all true in fire, theft, auto, and all other types. It is not a lack of faith. And just as the custom is to be lenient, even more so for those who have fear of Hashem. So what Ramosha is saying, so a couple things. So buy insurance. So, I just feel like this is so silly. Why? Because like, why do you have to justify what Hashem wants, what Hashem doesn't want? I don't know. I just, sorry. Because, I mean... It's like another moment where I'm like, how are you even bringing Hashem into this conversation? Because maybe it's, it's a lack of faith. And he's saying no. He's, 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 he's agreeing with you. He's saying, like, this... You still have... You can still have your faith in God because you're still having faith that you can pay your premiums every year. Is this such a moral issue? I mean, kind I of mean, the like, idea is that everything is. Like, you take an extreme yeah. example... Let's say I have, I'm, I don't, I never see Israel because I'm, I ignore basically what is a minimal risk. And like, this is, you have the bread, you have the bread today. Like you have, this is the, um, from Sochi, you have the bread today. There's, there's like flying on a plane today, you know, there people see you shouldn't even, um, yeah, um, what's, God, my brain's blinking, but the, 
Yeah, uh, thankfulness for surviving the journey of the Mishbarak. Feel that, Yeah. Yeah. No, no, the Mishbarak is when you get back. Oh, Berchad Gomel. Yeah, Berchad Gomel with the Mishbarak. Yeah, Berchad Gomel. So yeah, you shouldn't even say that when you get back because it's the trap crossing an ocean in plain today is so. So safe. So it's like. I, I would say, like, okay, there's a small probability I'll die in the plane crash. Um, there's a bi- even probably smaller probability that I'll get, like, shot by terrorists in Jerusalem. Like, there's, you know, so I'm just never going to see Israel because of this. And it, it's like that's a lack of faith that ends up very seriously impacting my spiritual life because I never go to Eretz Israel. Interesting. And so that's like saying the person who has the bread, you, you just... That that just you know, obsessing about this, um, you know, tiny insignificant risk so that you don't live a good life is like is a lack of faith. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that I, example. I think this is like yeah, addressing more people who are trying to be like firmer than thou, and I think more. I think much finds is probably addressing these people who right. like and you don't have that. You're, you're not going at that from that angle. Right, I think that's right. Is that the people that are asking this question are are trying to be also? It's like much earlier on. Like now, everyone has it, or now everyone's buying it, or thinking about buying it, or whatever. And it's so like ubiquitous that kind of the question seems weirder. But in 1964, it sure. probably made more sense. Where not everyone had it. It was just it was like being it was always be, it's been being sold for a long time, but it wasn't like as popular because we didn't have as much data till more recently and like so they weren't able to expand the way they can today and it probably wasn't in Eastern Europe where like a lot of like his community who were, who were doing or probably either right. first generation so it did exist were there conversations about like the internet yeah is the internet okay to use or I, is it against God I mean for sure the, that conversation you know is still I mean? happening now yeah, yeah. In, in like the Hasidic communities that's the conversation that's happening now still and yeah I'm sure we could find that I'm sure we could find a, sh- a tshuva about when it first came out. Like, now it's not as much of a question like, for you. How are you the mouthpiece of God? Oh, so he, he actually talks about that in his introduction, and it's a fantastic introduction. He basically, that's what his introduction is about. what I struggle with. And his answer is... Like, be- every rabbi is the mouthpiece for God. The answer he gives is because people asked him, and he doesn't think he deserves... Well, that's what we talked about yeah, that first Yeah, that first time. It's his answer, is that he doesn't, he didn't think he was worthy of that, but everyone kept on asking him to be that, so it was his job to do it. And he still doesn't think he's going to do but it right all But does he, time. like, have a, every time he speaks for Hashem, is he like, I'm not Hashem, but this is how I'm interpreting it, and... Right, so he does that, he does that sometimes, actually in the second tshuva, which I don't, there's a second tshuva okay. from him on life insurance, That's and he nice. actually admits, like, he starts off saying, like, I don't really know the answer to this, but you're asking me my opinion, so I'm going to give right. you my opinion, but take it with a grain of salt. Right, okay. Um, well, that makes me yeah. feel better. Um, so the second, the second tshuva, I just picked a part. Um, it's the um, photocopied part um, at the back of the bottom of the last page. Um, that's the Hebrew, but the English is here. Um, Rabbi Le- the Lechem Shlomo, Rabbi Shlomo Zaman Ehrenreich, which I found out um, today was kind of an anti-Zionist, um, but he's quoted in the Ravavadius tshuva, who was the former chief, Sephardi chief rabbi of Israel. So um, that seemed to not matter to him. So it doesn't matter to me either. Um, <laughs> and um, so I just picked a little part of it um, to translate. As it says in Gideon 82, um, one should not speak about a divorce on condition if you pass away, 
but it is permitted to have that in the body of the text. So you're, you're allowed to have something with, with, that's called a get al tanai, um, a get with a condition, um, a divorce with a condition, saying, like, if I don't come back in the next um, five years, then you know something happened to me. I mean, again, these things don't make as much sense with cell phones, but um, if I don't come back in the next five years, you know something happened to me. So if I'm not back in five years, then we're divorced. Um, so just in case something happens, so everyone's like, uh, they're like she doesn't you need to become, get if you die. We don't know what happened to him. Right. You don't, but like we, if you don't know what Why happened don't you to him. Just say you can assume I'm dead, and then you can move on. Yeah, that's that's what is that's that's what, that's, that's what it's saying. Yeah, it's saying like right. yeah. So what he's saying is like you don't know. It, oh, it's not, it's getting around that. Not problem. assume I'm dead because you can't. Time, like, you can't know. You can't know he's dead. You know. Right. Yeah. So, but, but remember that second problem we had, like all tiftak pel is not done. Like don't, how, how is that not? So, so what he says is one should not speak about the, (coughs) says you shouldn't talk about it, but you can have it in the, in the body of text. So therefore it is only a problem to speak about if you die, if it's without purpose, and then you are opening up the mouth of the Satan. But you're, that's what they teach, is if you speak it, you're like, you're making it happen. Right. But what, what he's saying in this Gemara is that this only applies when you're just talking about it. When you're talking about like a real thing, you're allowed to talk about a real thing. If you need to set up a will, you can set up a will because you have to set up a will. You have to figure out what's going to happen. So you're allowed to talk about it because you have to talk about it. Right. But you can't just talk about it. Right. And so, therefore, the same is true with insurance, since it's for, like, a real purpose. Um, it's not going to bring disasters, because you have to prepare for the future. Um, and that's why you can have a will, you can have, you can buy life insurance. Um, and this is, like, the approach um, that at least he takes. Um, Ravavadya quotes this one. Um, that's why I have the Ravavadya there um, as well. Um, the third one, the, the answer to the third one, I couldn't find the text. But Rav Sternbach um, talks about that problem of taking away that protection for yourself. Um, and he basically says, while that might be a legitimate issue, it's silly to like think about some metaphysical idea when the other side of it, if you're wrong, is then your family doesn't have anything to like pay for stuff for. Like I, it's important to like think about like what the like what the argument's gonna be, like, oh now he now he can die because he doesn't need to protect his kids anymore. But like you need to make sure your kids are protected for it. Like, in the end of the day, um, while that might be a legitimate problem, like, the practicalities just outweigh that issue so much more. Um, that Sternbach basically, like, disregards it um, <laughs> and says, like, come on, like, be practical and understand. You would think it was a good thing to be watching out for your family. Yeah, and that's basically what he's saying. It's like, you got to watch your family. Right. And um, um, I saw says it somebody else talks about it and says almost exactly that that like maybe the this maybe the positive angel is going to say look he's trying to take care of his kids he's such a great guy like so don't like make arguments about what's going on in 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 heaven like be practical and make sure your family's taken care of you know once again we've come to no conclusion well we've kind of said We've kind of said it's okay because there are well, three right, possible right. problems and right. those problems are problems. Side. But, I mean, basically, I saw 15 people that talk about this. Right. 14 people say it's okay. Right. The one person that says it's not um, it just doesn't even write a full right. tshuva. It's just a story that he, 
it's yeah, told about. You said it's not okay. Um, Rav um, Aryeh Levine in um, the making of a gadol. That that. Oh, anyways. Um, so there's one other small topic that I thought was interesting. Um, there's this idea um, that I have in the Shulchan Aruch here um, that you're allowed that part of a, a community can force another part of the community to protect themselves. Um, so um, there's this idea like if there's lots of like marauders around and thieves, then the community is allowed to force attacks on the rest of the community to build a wall around the community or to build um, locks around the community. Um, that you're allowed to essentially like force everyone to pay for stuff. Um, and that's what the Shulchanar says. And then the Ramah extends it that this law applies for all needs of the community. That this is true for roads and this is true for a bunch of things that everyone needs. Um, you're allowed to force, and it says even like a minority of the community can force the rest of the community to do it. Um, so the Chuvat Beit Shlomo and Rav Bleich, who's a rabbi at YU, um, write um, that this could apply to life insurance as well. Um, or to fire insurance or renter's insurance, insurance. Um, or to health insurance, meaning like if, if, oh, so it's not even talking about like the whole community. Um, They're talking about even like you have roommates, you have four roommates and two of them want renter's insurance because they're nervous it's a bad area. Um, So according to this, they're allowed to like say, we're getting renter's insurance. You're going to pay, we're all chipping in. Like that's part of the lease. And that's part of it. And it's something we have to do. Yeah. And he's saying even one of them might be able to force the rest of the three, um, halakhically, um, if you extend this idea to insurance. Um, yeah. Um, so, I, and then I just wanted to end. That's like oh. saying the obesity rate in America is like X percent. Therefore, we should insure everybody against heart disease because... We have a high predisposition in this country. Right. So, I mean, the halacha is only working within smaller Jewish communities. The question how this would apply to a whole state would be complicated. Um, Like, would this apply to the whole state of Israel? I'm not sure. Um, That would be like a whole different conversation. Would it apply to the entire United States? Because it's not like a community forcing the rest of the community. It's like part of a nation. It's like, I don't know the... who's like backing... Sugar and Coca Cola, and like they're right. kind of driving the country into obesity. So right. Why not protect people when they die? Yeah, and that might be a good. And and I think you could extend that, extend this, and say therefore you could extend. I think you could if you wanted to extend this to but that. Well, I think so. I don't think you have to. Right. In the end of the day, it's not a Jewish state, so right. America is not a Jewish state. And, uh, but we're a minority. And well, I am. Right, the, but we can't force yeah. the halacha onto. Uh, but, I don't know if we, we don't even want to. I would say also myself and uh, you know, Rav Shlomo Zalman here would also say that uh, Medina Israel is not a Jewish state. So. Re- so oh, it's not a religious state, certainly. And so therefore you'd have to respect the. The, the law of the land, and you can't f- force the halacha onto it. Well, but then I, I think it, the complication is for dealing with the country of this majority of Jews, even if you're not, even if you're not saying it has any special significance, there's still a difference between Jews... Right, maybe. That would be a different discussion yeah, of can, yeah. you, can you apply these type of halacha 
to yeah. to a state filled with Jews um, is is a is a compli- That's like a whole separate question. I don't want to get into that. Um, <laughs> but what I did want to get into, I just think it's interesting. This idea of like like if a couple, um, one of them wants life insurance because they're scared, and the other one doesn't want to pay for it. Um, like based on this, like um, you could like say, you know, this is something I think we need, and we we should get it. Um, well, but who pays for it? Um, I mean, the couple would together. I mean, are, you, the, are you contributing to the life insurance policy? Right. I mean, mm. I get through my work, so it's different. I, I work for a life insurance company. Okay, so. like, <laughs> what about health insurance? Yeah, but I mean, we, we have shared finances. Uh, so. Oh, okay. So yeah. you're contributing. Yeah. You're both paying half. Yeah, I mean, we're, sure, just like, our money's combined and we're both paying all of it. Your money's kind of. combined. Or, yeah. That's good. Um, so the, <laughs> the RCA... The RCA, the Rabbinical Council of America, in two thousand in two thousand seven, put out like a statement about life insurance. And as you can see from the title, um, RCA advocates life insurance for all. Who's RCA, um, the Rabbinical Council of America. It's like uh, yeah. the. How such uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, So the general idea here, just joking. Um, so the. Um, they, I, I like the principle here. Um, I'm not sure about the specific examples because they give like very specific guidelines for how much insurance you should buy. But like people have different lives and people have different circumstances. So with liberty and life insurance, what, I'm, not, I'm not sure how I'm not sure how many of the so we the can, executive board are right. Actuaries. We can follow this. To some, <laughs> we can follow this to some extent. Um, I just wanted to read part of it. Um, whereas there are so many young couples who neither the husband nor the wife have life insurance. And whereas there are unfortunately so many occurrences of parents dying young and leaving behind a spouse with children to care for, and whereas funds are frequently set up in an effort to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars per family to support these spouses and children left behind, and whereas such funding efforts causes an immense strain on the Jewish community, um, and Rav Moshe Feinstein wrote in Igris Moshe that buying life insurance, as we saw, is a form of protection that is permitted and obligated by Hashem, and whereas the need for life insurance has never been so clear, and the, and the accessibility has never been so easy, it is therefore resolved that the Rabbinical Council of America calls upon all, calls upon all rabbis to increase awareness about the importance of buying life insurance. So that's where I, I'm with them, 100%, and that's true, and uh, I think in general um, that's a true statement, especially for couples with, with children. Um, I don't think it's necessarily always true for everyone. Um, if you have like an 18 year old single person, um, I'm not sure why they need, like, a, like there's no risk. So like financial risk, obviously there's no financial risk there. So they don't need $500,000 worth of life insurance. Cause it just doesn't help. Like it just makes their parents rich if something awful happens. Um, but like, it's not like there's no risk that it's like, if you're not supporting anyone, um, it, this wouldn't necessarily be the same. Um, but, and to urge, urge both parents to own life insurance and they say the breadwinner a million and the spouse 500,000. But again, this is in 2007. Life insurance only really applies if you need to care for someone. So it could, people do buy it when they're younger or they don't have somebody because to care for. they're anticipating for. having a family. Or they're anticipating having a family or they want to make sure that their parents are taken care of if something happens to them or if they, um... Well, it's also like the, the or if they want to give, if they die, they want to give some, they want to give money to a charity. 
There's um, also the premium cutoffs because if you like you're dealing younger and younger, you're, you're you you might see don't need it now, but you're hedging that. Right, you're, exactly. You might study family. family. That's what he's on. Yeah, you're, you're like if you're like under twenty, like right, the lowest right. would be under twenty-five. You know, okay, this is I'm locking in now. Right, and so this is the next thing, um, which I think is interesting. And to institute uh, the zichron dov, they give a name to it, life insurance fund in every shul to ensure that every member of the shul has life insurance. So they actually discuss um, that each community should set up a fund. Um, to literally pay for people's life insurance that can't afford it, um, and this is important. Is would be yeah. So that's a lot of t- a lot of times that's what people use life insurance for. They buy just enough um, so that it can pay for their funeral. That's that's actually that's a, part of their membership. That's the right, but sometimes that's pe- why people use it. Right. And the idea is maybe Shul should set that up to make yeah. sure everyone can afford it. Idea. It is a great idea. Um, and and the next one is to lobby their local schools to provide life insurance for teachers because a lot of times, like works work generally gives life insurance, um, like full time jobs generally give, um, or not always. Big big right big companies give life insurance um, to their employees, um, but a lot of schools don't. Um, so I don't know what the situation now. And basically, their argument is it won't raise tuition anything. It'll raise tuition like twenty bucks a year to make sure this happens. Let's make sure this happens. Like I think everyone would be willing to pay twenty dollars yeah. more um, to make that happen. Um, and to speak from the pulpit one time um, during the Yom Yunoraim on the importance of this issue. Maybe I will this year. And to compile lists of insurance brokers in the respective communities. And I have that if anyone is interested. I actually have cards from. So you should speak about life people. insurance. <laughs> um, and and so and I think it's important. Um, it, it's 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 important. Not just because it's it's showing that you're trying and you're trying to make sure everyone's taken care of, but like it's it's important and like a really just practical thing in making sure everyone's taken care of, um, and it's especially important when there's like there's actual risk involved, um, like uh, like before, you know, um, if you don't have a family and you don't have anyone to take care of and you're parents are well off enough that they don't need to be taken care of financially at least. Um, like it might not be as necessary. Um, you can still get it. Um, it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. Um, just in terms of like investments. Um, also term insurance is really not that expensive. Um, it's is this like, the practical portion of the year. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to turn it yeah, off. I for that. Since I'm going to turn it off for that. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, I don't even have medical yeah. insurance. Right. Life insurance is like the least of my worry. Right. So, I mean, that would be. I mean, this is a discussion about insurance in general. The reason life insurance just comes up because it's like a longer term issue, um, and I think basically, again, fourteen of the fifteen people I saw said like for sure this is something not only you can do, you should do, um, whether because it's not a lack of faith, um, because like you're supposed to try, you're supposed to work, you can't just sit back and have faith. Um, it's not opening your mouth to Satan because it's practical. Um, it's not like you're not saying that you sinned, you did something wrong. All you're saying is you're being practical. Like something needs to be done and we don't need to worry about like divine ju- judgments um, when we're worried about the possibility of like a family not having what to pay their bills for. Um, in the face of that like awful of an issue, um, the issues about like like, who's it helping, on which side of the argument, um, tend to fall away. Um, so, um, I hope that was interesting, and um, we'll continue in two weeks. I'm not sure what specifically we're going to do, but...
Um, thank you.